Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. That said, like I mentioned before, I just don't feel like he has any kind of particular skill set that is special that's above average and i feel like when you get to the elite level you need something that's above average israel is an above average striker he's above average a lot of things honestly but particularly striking marvin Vittori is an above average grappler even Derek brunson's when he uses it which he didn't want to for so long time right. Derek can be an above average grappler and he's got good power jared canier is he's another guy i think that's why he's kind of falling back very good well-rounded solid but maybe not great at any particular thing. And I feel like Strickland's on it in that same thing. He does have the intangible of he's crazy. <laughs> he's a lunatic. He can just pressure the hell out of you. He feels no pain. He's not insane. You know, he's not sane at the moment. But aside from that, a smart fighter will find a way around that. And I think he'll hit a wall eventually. And I can't wait for this fight. It is a beautiful time slot. Uh, main car starts 7 p.m. Eastern yeah. time. A little East Coast bias here. Again, the being, earlier the better. I love the early one o'clock start time, please. <laughs> I, I'm in agreement with you there. Again, <laughs> I'm in agreement with at Jason Burgos MMA, the managing editor for MixedMartialArts.com, the editor and contributor for SportsNot, and on the broadcast team for Slap Fight Championship. Shifting gears here a little, back to the welterweight division. I don't know if the I've seen so many freaking rumors, and he's called out so many people. Hamzat Chamayev. Is he going to fight Gilbert Burns? Should he back away from Gilbert Burns? Is it all talk and no walk? How can he be a champion at the end of this year? What What's your take on Hamzat Chemaev? I think the the fight with Gilbert is, is a done deal. I, I, I follow Gilbert on, yeah, I, feel, I follow Gilbert on social. And he's, he's put a post, like I think it was yesterday or the day before, saying camp has started. So uh, the recent stories where I think they're targeting it for UFC 273, which I think is in the Brazil? Jacksonville card. Oh, oh, is that? No, the- no. Uh, yeah, Jacksonville. The, oh, 74 is Brazil or rumored? Or is that Brazil not even yeah, going to happen? I, yeah, I don't, I don't think Brazil. What is it? It's 272 is, I think, I'm pretty sure 273 is in, in Jacksonville. Now. I think that was actually going to be rumored for Brooklyn for a time. Right. I guess they don't want to do it, you know? So I think it's, it's going to be Jacksonville. I, 274. I, I, yeah, I don't. I feel like Brazil's not happening because yeah, I think it was supposed to be 273. But um, I think he, you can't have the kind of success he's had, and he's and Brave CF's a solid promotion to to come up through. You know, that's a solid, solid. place. So yeah, so to come up and then come to the UFC and have four fights, four wins. And get hit less than the times you won. Like if it was so easy, everybody would do it. Like it, there's clearly like there's something about him, despite his English limitations. This guy has it factor. Like he's super popular. Like on sports now, we do I do articles where it's like next fight, and it's like certain fighters in the next fight, and we update it from time to time. Like I we put that up recently, and that's one of the better viewed ones, like with Jake Paul on the site for wow. those particular articles. Like that's how popular he's becoming in the US and outside the US. So 
you know, you don't do the things he've done without talent. So if he, this fight is fascinating to me because if Gilbert could keep it standing, we that's the big unanswered question. Yeah, he knocked out Gerald Mershard, but we still have to see how good of a striker he is. But the fact that he's at Tiger Muay Thai, you know, with guys like Peter Yan, Yaroslav Amosov, you know, these really yep. uh, Raphael Fiziev is a very good camp now. So he's, he's probably growing with striking. But I, I, I love Gilbert. I'm cool with Gilbert. But I, I can see, like we've seen many times, just smart tactical wrestling out grappling high level BJJ. And I, I can really see him win this, especially Gilbert fought at lightweight. This man fought at middleweight and was solid. He wasn't small. So just that size, the technique, if he beats Gilbert, I don't know how you don't make him versus Kamara because that's just the most interesting fight. Wow. I'm in 100% agreement, man. Holy moly. Yeah. Hamzat has exactly what you said, that it factor. I I find myself similar to the Conor McGregor days, 2015, 2016, where I'm watching every single little training where he's on that yellow mat. I'm talking about Conor back in the day. Uh, now he's yep. in Spain. He's training on a yacht. Who even knows where he is? But I'm talking about those gritty grinding days. You see Hamzat do a cartwheel or a backflip. I'm like, yeah, let's go. It's like, <laughs> and he barely speaks English. And this guy's just, yeah. there's something you, you just, it, it's an intangible. It's an it factor. Oh, man. It, so Like this guy called out, he called out what, like in one sitting or over a two-day period, he called out Brock Lesnar, Daniel Cormier, <laughs> Gilbert Burns, Nate Diaz, all, but like this guy doesn't, like who doesn't love that? Like who, he just wants to fight, like he just wants to be a star. And, and then also when he fight in like in three weeks apart, like it, it's just hard not to like him because he's talking the trash, he's backing up. And again, the it factor, it, it's like weird, you know, uh, Mick, uh, oh, I forgot that show, the Mindy and Morty, or what I mean, whatever. It's, oh, wow, like he's got Rick and Morty, Rick alien. and Morty, yeah. Well, not, not that I'm going old school, that Robin Williams show way back oh. in the day. He's an alien, like he's like an alien that's charming to like an a, 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 not like a, a, an American audience. I think that's part of it. He's just like this charming, foreign, <laughs> hard to understand, but dominant creature. It is it's crazy. Is there a little Anderson Silva in there? You know, I don't think not. It's just different because Anderson wasn't a talker out of the cage, but his body language and what he did in the cage was like spitting bars on a rap song. Like he, <laughs> his body language. It, it, it was something like his shoulders, his shake, his it, it was just pure like music, his body. But outside, this guy is just a dominant crusher. He's Khabib. With more it factor, Habib doesn't ha- didn't have like Habib had a likable George St. Pierre vibe and a trash talking, but it was also kind of covered in this blanket of oh he's actually a pretty nice guy he has manners and he does the right thing. This guy don't give a f like he's gonna just talk call everybody out. I'm gonna kill you. I'm gonna eat your head and all kinds of crazy. And then he does it. He's like Sean Strickland with at least a little bit of a filter. He wants to make money. <laughs> spot on, man. Spot on, and big props to. Hamza out for uh, uh, supporting women, which was uh, really cool to hear. <laughs> yeah. We obviously know some of the Dagestani or Russian stances yeah. on women fighting, but yeah, Hamza, yeah. I believe it was uh, with Brett Akamoto. He uh, said, "No, oh, my mother." He goes, "You, you, you mentioned my mother's name. I will kill you. I have a gun for everybody." <laughs> no, yeah, man, he is. So you've been practicing your Hamza. Very nice. <laughs> oh, was good. My best, I think, is Yoel. I love you, Jason. <laughs> I love you. 
<laughs> you just have to have like a bad smoker's voice and you got the yogurt. Yeah, that's why I'm drinking my tea with honey, baby. Tea with honey. That's how you know you're in your 30s when you're drinking tea on a Tuesday and not uh, going up go. in a club on a Tuesday. Shout out to uh, whoever wrote that song. I forget. That was the one hit wonder. But again, we're being joined by, and thank you for the time, uh, at Jason Burgos MMA, managing editor for MixedMartialArts.com. Holy moly, it's Walmart.com, Karate.com, Bass Rootin. MixedMartialArts.com <laughs> with Jason and the gang. He's also the editor and contributor for Sports Not and on the broadcast team for Slap Fight Championship. Jason, if we could switch gears to one more topic. Amanda Nunes, Juliana Pena. Nunes could say it's not her night on the, the night of the fight, and then she now leaves American Top Team. Juliana Pena seems like she's just on a locomotive, that Hamzat locomotive. If you guys haven't heard her story on the Joe Rogan experience, was phenomenal, very inspiring. She seems like she's ready to do a Hamza and kill everybody and fight everybody, whether it's 125. <laughs> she was joking about 115, but Pena's on a roll. And after hearing that interview and now seeing the, what's going on with uh, Amanda Nunes switching gears, which it just can't be good. That is a hub of all hub when it comes to mixed martial arts. I'm talking about ATT. What are your thoughts on... Uh, on the the post fight and everything that's going down with Pena Nunes and is is Nunes Pena are they going to do it at one forty five are they going to rematch at one thirty five What are your thoughts? I, I think I could see a bantamweight rematch more likely, especially because it seems like like Dane has been trying to to end the featherweight division for a long time. I don't think he's going to hold on to it for Juliana. <laughs> like so, I think it'll just be a rematch. I think they probably like to see probably Juliana go down. She's not like a very big bantamweight anyway. And her versus Ju- uh, Valentina, that'd be interesting. Uh, it'd be interesting. But, you know, the, the, the newness thing is real. I've been mad twice watching a fight. Only twice in my life. Because, you know, you try to be biased, try to be professional. Twice in my life. One. How much Derek money Lewis. did you lose? No, no I didn't lose anything. <laughs> I, I, just, I lost my mind because, it, like, watching Derek Lewis and Alexander Volkov made me mad because, like, Volkov, what are you doing? You got to win this fight. And, you know, I just lost in 10 seconds. What is wrong with you? And then the other time was watching this Nunes pain fight because I just thought Amanda Nunes fought absolutely recklessly and absolutely stupidly, like stunningly stupidly in that fight. So that said, I would go with a lot of people that go, oh, yeah, you know, if they fought 10 out of 10, 10 times, 9 out of 10, Amanda Nunes wins. But this whole leaving ATT thing, it's I feel like she's wanted to leave the sport for a, a while now. She's you know, that's the greatest maybe challenge for a lot of top stars when you reach the mountain what's the next motivation and george st pierre had that problem anderson silva had that problem you know i think that was part of the thing with like sahudo maybe if it, he, he didn't have the challenge so he was looking for the money he wasn't getting it so i think she's lost the passion you don't think the motivation wants- is now reinvigorated like maybe to prove her team wrong whether it's mike brown dan lambert whoever uh, was uh maybe kayla harrison was throwing her around too much just maybe prove them wrong. And now uh, Juliana Pena is just coming out and speaking like she knew that Nunes was just like, had nothing for her that night. Like you don't think the motivation has re-sparked. That's always a possibility. And with a high level competitor like her, sure. That, that anger that let me prove something. But I just look at a lot of great stars when they get right to level and they lose like Tyron Woodley, you know, he lost, he never really Ooh. captured it. I mean, he's he was older and and they're they're hurt, but not by a lot. But still, great fighter. Like there, it's just different. There's a there's a hunger and a fire in a, a competitor when you're trying to reach the level. It's those early years. Once you you're 
successful. Life's good. She's got a kid. She's got a wife. There's nothing left to prove. It, it takes something out of a fighter. And, and I think that was part of like going back to George, like why he got boring. Like he just was fighting not to lose and keep his, his, his place and not really to win like he once did. And for her, the fact that she fought so recklessly, fought stupid, let the, the t- trash talk get to her, it almost feels like one of those Anderson Silva, ah, I'm dominating anybody. I'm just going to put my hands down. I'm going to put myself against the cage. I'm just going to fight crazy. I'm, like she went out there saying, oh, you want to talk shit? Like I'm going to knock you out. And it was just it was just silly. It was just a silly. Once Juliana was just eating these shots, she's pretty tough. She's got a great chin. Okay, time to, to adjust the game. And she didn't. So I, 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 I could she come back and beat her? Oh, certainly. But after that, I, I she just doesn't have anything to prove. So I worry, especially now, being on ATT, I, ugh. It, it doesn't feel right. You mentioned flame. You mentioned motivation really quick, really quick question over under two wins for the rest of Conor McGregor's mixed martial arts career. I, I'll go over. I, I think he will get two more just because he's young enough. He's fallen so far that I think he'll get more of a winnable fight. Um, I feel like it's going to be the, the, uh, what was the the old black and white cartoon where the guy kicks the hat, he can never get the hat. Like, if Conor McGregor wins, <laughs> then the next fight is going to be uh, for a number one contender fight, which he, I don't know if he has that left in him. Yeah, yeah I, I totally agree. But I feel like he'll be a guy that he'll still be popping up here and there till like he's like 37, 38, and he'll eventually get two more. I, I, like, I don't think he'll just walk away, but, um, yeah, I think I think he'll get to. I think he's definitely gonna get the next one. It's just about if he's gonna get that second one. And I think over the next few years, he'll probably get the second one. Well, Jason, I appreciate the time. I, I genuinely have not laughed this hard from just ripping <laughs> on MMA in a long time, man. You are a talented man at Jason Burgos MMA guys listeners he is not related to Shane or Ryan Burgos that he knows of uh, he is the manager editor of mixedmartialarts.com can't miss that name he's also the editor contributor for sports not and on the broadcast team for slap fight championship Jason I really appreciate the time I kept you longer than uh, you probably wanted to but I really appreciate it man you are talented and I really appreciate your coverage for this medium Thank you, man. I enjoy the time. I, I, it was an absolute pleasure. Again, my apologies. Your stall game is uh, a <laughs> pound for pound stall game. Thank you so much for stalling for me and having me on. Man. You, you want to hear something funny? I and we went over this in the the DMs. I uh, I said, oh, don't worry. Yeah, it's recorded on Twitter. I, I got my third party recording. I was freaking. I didn't record till half of this. I was recording the. Uh, uh. A YouTube hip hop 1995 instrumentals, the stuff I write to. So I, I can't upload that, but yeah, it. Everybody makes mistakes. It's how we recover, and it, this yep. was a fantastic conversation, my friend. I've been there, man. I've done it myself. It's not a problem at all. Take it easy, brother. All right, man. Now I assume you're probably gonna hang around because you don't know how to freaking exit. But guys, underground, Kevin, listener. If you guys want to pop in, talk anything that we talked about, Sean Strickland, Hamzat Chemaev, Juliana Pena, Amanda Nunes, just raise your hand or request. Love to hear what you want to talk about. But, man, hearing – okay, I, I got you. I got you. Let's see if you can join. Hearing Juliana Pena 
on the Joe Rogan experience inspiring. And Kevin, maybe uh, if you haven't listened, man, she talked about a horrific knee injury. She tore everything but the PCL about six years ago. And for her to make a complete turnaround, single mother was in Spokane, Washington, and moved to Chicago, brings her daughter to every single practice, and just kept to it, kept grinding, kept winning. And just defeated one of the greatest fighters of all time in Amanda Nunes. It's just incredible and inspiring. I will not count a champion's heart or mindset out. I, I, I want to see the line on Amanda Nunes and Juliana Pena too. I assume they're going to give Pena a slight edge in the favorite. Maybe a plus 150. Nothing crazy. Amanda Nunes is still Amanda Nunes. She's going to learn from it. Look at what Devison Figueredo did at UFC 270 with Brandon Moreno. He did not come out of the shoot guns blazing, burning himself out. He is a he's the biggest UFC flyweight. He's huge. He's definitely walking around in the 150 pound area. Maybe he touches 160 if he's completely eating icy uh Acai, I, I used to call it a Kai, but all the acai bowls and all the fantastic food in Brazil, in the southwest of America, now that he's training next to Henry Cejudo. But he's got a ton of power. And like Tyron Woodley in his heyday, he had to be, he had to pick his shots where to use that power. And it was a genius 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 game plan from Figueredo to show training footage with Henry Cejudo an Olympic champion in wrestling a two division champion in the UFC to show him training with Cejudo and especially after you see Weili Zhang who was training with Cejudo you see the wrestling non-stop non-stop it's like okay is Devison gonna wrestle and then you see these half-ass shots and takedown attempts From Figueredo. And then what does he do? He doesn't commit on the takedowns. He commits on the overhand rights and the leg kicks. And he does the most damage. Similar to Corey Sanhagen. TJ Dillashaw. Very close fight. Both of them should have been a draw. But I'm always going with the damage first. And it was a great victory by Figueredo. Kevin, what's up, brother? Hey, Ike. Thanks for the, thanks for the opportunity to speak. No problem, man. You are a fun follow. You are very modest on your posts, and it's a breath of fresh air, especially on the hostile uh, platform like Twitter. But I appreciate you, man. I saw your post with Algerman Stone. That was the most recent post. Yeah. But did you come across uh, Juliana Pena's injury? Oh, with yeah. her? She That was back in 2014. She had a, Okay. Um, she just destroyed her knee and it was a training injury as i recall i remember at the time dana white yep. just about blew a gasket telling her she needs to get out of that gym and i can't remember where she was training but uh yeah that was in 2014 she was supposed to fight jessica andrage i think but um right good now, memory man <laughs> yeah well right now there's another fighter that's in a similar boat and that's tatiana suarez 
Um, that lady has been injury plagued so bad, but she has had a bad knee injury. I don't know that it was that severe, but it's got to be multiple ligaments from what I've seen. So um, I'm I'm keeping track of her through social media, and she looks like she is doing outstanding in her recovery. So um, I'm looking forward to that comeback too. But yeah, um, Pena just destroyed her knee, and she did very well coming back. She did, man. She did as good as you can. Uh, I think it was like a plus 600 or 800 line. She broke the bank when Jason said, man, he, he lost. Uh, I thought he was going to say a lot of money on the, the Nunes fight, but he said he lost his mind. Man, she says now her her injured knee is stronger. I've also heard that with Derek Rose. Speaking about that, the former NBA uh, MVP now with the Knicks, I also heard that with Michael Bisbing, he said uh, one knee was stronger in the Last Dance documentary with the Michael Jordan documentary uh, when he injured his calf or something. When the team doctor examined him, they said uh, your injured leg is now stronger. Is this a common occurrence that uh, people strengthen the opposite? And what would be good advice to kind of keep everything even, Steven? Well, I, I think from an objective tests and measure standpoint, yes, the once rehabilitation is completed and, you know, there are tests, various types of equipment, it's called isokinetic equipment that you can actually test the strength of, for example, with the knee, you can test the strength of the quadricep muscles and the hamstring muscles to see that they're in the correct balance. Um, I think the feeling that the leg is stronger is probably just that. I don't know that it can objectively uh, be said that that leg is stronger than the other. Gotcha. I never thought but, about that. It's just their opinion. Yeah, I never thought about that. But, but they've just been focused on getting the leg recovered. You know, that's just been their singular focus for such a long time that, um, you know, that it probably feels stronger. So... That's just my opinion anyway. And what are your thoughts with uh, Algermain Stone? He's had a, a couple of nagging injuries with the wrist and the neck. It seems like after uh, getting the fight rescheduled, now it seems April UFC 273 that he's good to go. I think people yes. get confused uh, by social media. Of course, a lot of the times he looks great. He's shredded. He's got abs. But people aren't seeing how hard he's punching. You know, is he taking a huge percentage off that wrist? In grappling, is if somebody gets a front headlock and is very aggressive on his neck, does he say, "Hold on, hold on"? Um, well, what yeah. are your thoughts on Aljamain Sterling's injury and in, uh, his comeback fight? This is probably my biggest focus as far as injuries right now. He's the surgery he had was a disc replacement surgery. This is a very novel surgery with elite level MMA athletes. As far as I know, there's only one other who's had this surgery. So this isn't a fusion surgery where they like eliminate movement at the, at the disease segment. It's actually a replacement, like you've heard of knee replacements or shoulder joint replacements. This is a disc replacement. So he seems to be, again, I've been all over his social media. He seems to be doing very well. I actually kind of put together a timeline on what has been his recovery because 
Okay. Recovery for this is not, it's not like an, an, an isolated ACL tear of the knee. That's very well known and you can trust within a year they're, they're, they're going to be back. And it, it's not like that with this. Um, so his blending of rehabilitation and training has been very interesting to me. Now you're onto something there. If he gets into a situation where he's, he gets like a standing guillotine applied right. to him or something forcible Ouch. flexion. That's what I'm going to be really interested to see what happens with him because, um, you know, everything else I think he'll be able to deal with his strengths coming back in his arm. I think it's probably normal. Now he started losing strength in his arm. That's how severe his injury was. It's been nagging on him for like 10 years um, from what he said. So th- I don't know. This is going to be very interesting um, to see his fight with Yam. Do you appreciate Aljamain Sterling's style that he's kind of taking uh, kind of a, a brief rest? Like in the in the midst of everything, if a fighter's out for six months, it feels like an eternity. But when they look back and they say, oh, man, it was only six, eight, maybe a year, uh, eight months. And, uh, you know, I, I needed that and I performed better. Do you appreciate Aljamain taking the time and dealing with the, the social criticism? I do, um, especially with this injury. You know, maybe it would be here in Conor McGregor alone. He, he had a broken ankle after Nate. They quickly did the fight. I think three months later with Eddie Alvarez, he had a uh, partially torn ACL against uh, Max Holloway. You hear uh, warriors like Frank Yeager went into the Jeremy Stevens fight with uh, I think partially torn MCL. It's like, man, is this is this something that is always going to be part of sports or athletes? Are they going to take these breaks and maybe preserve their career? Well, and I, I think that's a very – the way Sterling's approached it, in my opinion. When he – when the initial fight, if you, if you remember, the initial fight was announced with Yan. It was like six months after he had this disc replacement surgery. Way too early, in my opinion. I mean, he was still having difficulty with fatigue, even – um, isometric movements with his arms, you know, holding like holding an opponent up against the cage, Sim- you know, comparatively simple things like this it was way too early. So I think his he's smart to take his time with this recovery because, you know, the the one thing that exists with a neck injury or a back injury that doesn't exist with any other injury is the spinal cord. And the neurological, the potential for neurological compromise or damage. So I think he's wise. And if you think about it, uh, he came out wrestling with Peter Yon. That was clearly the game plan to take him down, use that Matt Sarah black belt jujitsu that we saw against Corey Sanhagen, just cut through him like a hot knife through butter. So what does that mean? He was wrestling in the, the lead up, whether that's eight weeks, 12 weeks, 16 weeks. So that's a lot of wear and tear on the neck it, it is especially for someone who's dealt with this problem he's i believe he said since his collegiate wrestling days oh wow i mean years literally so that that is difficult and it ultimately cost him i mean you can say what you want about the illegal strike or whatever during the during the end fight but that wasn't in and of itself the cause of his injury it was 
It's something that's been growing for years, literally. Now, Kevin, I appreciate the time. Do you have time for uh, one more question? Sure. What are your thoughts on Sean Strickland? How do you feel about uh, the man, Sean Strickland? <laughs> that's a good question. Because um, you, you're a level-headed guy, very cerebral. Well, <laughs> I think, I mean, it's easy to say he's crazy. Right. But That's too easy. It's too easy. I I don't know. It seems like someone who didn't he post recently that he's he's sparring hard sparring up to, I mean literally up to his fight. Yep. Uh to me that I don't know, maybe it, it's something of maybe he's running from something or hmm. trying to trying to distract himself. You know I hate trying to get into people's heads, you know, not being really but, trained to do that. But heck, you see what you see. And I just think maybe he's running from something. It'd be interesting if he gets the huge win main event. And again, I think it's going to be awesome. that the, the fact that this is in the apex is awesome because we're going to hear him talk trash. You know, uh, Jack Hermanson is nobody that kind of really cares about the trash talk. Very uh, mellow minded type of guy. But uh, I don't know if we're talking psychology, I could see this like he almost doesn't see himself. Rogan talks about this all the time. The imposter syndrome, like see himself being a champion. He has the work ethic. He's clearly mm-hmm. working hard. He clearly has the persona. He could deal with the pressure. He's not scared of anybody. It's just does he avoid self-sabotage? Yes. Well, and hopefully he didn't hear me say that because he'll kick my ass. <laughs> he he probably would. That would be the one guy <laughs> that would drive across the country to yeah. knock on somebody's door. Like if there's anybody, it's him. Oh so. my gosh, Kevin, always a pleasure, man. What do you got going on? I'm just looking at the upcoming fight card and researching injuries and having supper. That's that's <laughs> on my plate right now. I'm staring <laughs> at a bowl of rice and chicken too. So let's get to it. Kevin, I appreciate the time, as always, man. Uh, That guy, Jason, wildly entertaining. Uh, I can't wait to speak to him more. He's got that kind of the radio voice, the radio attitude, which I love. I'm a a radio lifer guy, so uh, definitely get him on more. Did you enjoy it, Jason? I did. It was great. He's pretty cool, pretty cool. And the fact that he works at uh, MixedMartialArts.com, I I couldn't believe it. (laughs) That that is. by, By the way, in my in my world, I deal I, I work with people who have inner ear disorders quite frequently. And what is that? One of my uh, causing dizziness. Okay. And uh, one of my favorite websites is dizzy.com. <laughs> it has to do with treating patients that have dizziness. See, so there you it's go. The, it's the best name ever, just like mixedmartialarts.com. There was some like MMA name I, I was looking up. It's like a, a Russian trafficking site. I was like, oh, wow. I go, they literally <laughs> took a really good name and they used it for bad. But uh, yeah, and I, I, don't, I don't think we're, I think we're behind in the times when it comes to uh, domain names. Yes. But Kevin, always great to speak to you. And uh, till next week, man. Thanks, Ike. I appreciate it. Take it easy. Peace. All right. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. 
Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.